activate. Are you ready? AI Nexus Hello and welcome back everybody to another exciting episode of AI Nexus. Here with me as usual to discuss the latest in artificial intelligence is Elias. Elias, how's it going buddy? Hey, good morning Newton. It's going great. It's been a uh, chaotic week, but uh, glad it's kind of settled down and you know, excited to be here to talk about another exciting week of what's hot and what's uh, going on with AI. Yeah, I could say the same as well. Um, quite a lot has been happening indeed. Um, how has it been for you, the AI landscape, really? It seems like everybody is just uh, jumping on the uh, the AI bandwagon, so to speak, to be honest with you. I'm just seeing, especially in my industry, um, I'm seeing so many different um, CRMs and um, SaaS solutions and platforms that are uh, integrating generative AI solutions within their platform. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see all these solutions just kind of pop up. You know, uh, artificial intelligence is now slapping fines and penalties on motorists here in the UK. Oh, wow. Yeah. In a county called Cornwall, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, it's somewhere in the southwest of England, they have these new AI cameras which were mounted on a very busy A road. And um, this camera spotted about 300 road law violations in only 72 hours, Elias. Mm. About 117 of these violations had to do with mobile phone offenses, 180 with seatbelt offenses. You know, being caught using your mobile phone while driving can see you find about 200 pounds and you, you're going to get handed some points as well. And also oh, not yes. wearing seatbelts could get you some 500 pounds penalty. It's crazy. It looks like AI is about to enforce, you know, some orderly conduct for motorists worldwide now. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just, uh, at least here in the U.S., I'm just curious how, um, because it's an obvious, it, it seems obvious now that police are going to start using AI more and more and more. But uh, I kind of I kind of defer back to the examples of um, traffic cams for citing um, motorists that are running red lights as such, right? Yeah. And there's a there's a lot of municipalities here in the U.S. that ultimately, I mean, a Supreme Court ruling also stated that they're unconstitutional. You because you you have to have you have the legal right to face your accuser in, here in the United States. So it was part of the reason why traffic cams aren't you know, constitutionally legal is because you, you can't cross-examine a, a traffic cam. 
you know, so it's a, it's a, you're being issued, a, you're being issued a ticket without somebody being physically present there. So here in the U S I'm just curious because that it's a slippery slope that would lead to police state, you know? So that means you just have cameras in the sky watching saying, Oh, you jaywalked. So here you just get a ticket in the mail. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, a little iffy about that, you know? Here in the UK as well, you're culpable if you, guess what, have an angry expression while driving. <laughs> you know, the government gives you the right to contest this, right? So you first of all get um, a letter in the mail letting you know of the offense and um, the amount you have to pay, and you have some time to contest it. I know a friend of mine last year had one for making some some hand gestures at the camera. I mean, this is AI trying to help manage humans in a way. It's going to probably bring some orderly conduct and have us acting like robots on the roads. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to wind up, as, as far as the roads go, I think in a perfect world, everything would be driverless, you know, and to actually drive a motor vehicle, you'd actually have to have a license at that point, like people would just stop getting motor vehicle licenses to drive. But I don't know, it's, it's scary because um, there is actually a poll that was done not too long ago that found, I think something like 56% of US workers are, are actively using uh, AI day to day to some manner or facet. So, mm. which, is surpri- which is surprising. So, um, you know, if that, if that number is just, you know, in the, in the public sector, you know, imagine the private sector and then imagine, you know, if like how police forces. So AI is meant to be a tool to, to help better uh, what we do, not to, you know, in my opinion, not to actually just completely be the end all be all. I don't know. It's, it's, it's scary to think about. Yeah, well, that is already happening. AI is already a comfortable replacement for quite a lot of jobs already. Not sure if you heard of the one, the latest one with GeoMedia, which actually made headlines. You know, GeoMedia, they're holding company behind Gizmodo. Hmm. You know, Gizmodo is that, you know, they've got this, um, they post quite a lot of interesting news and science fiction designs and quite a lot of cool stuff, right? Um, this company recently made headlines, you know, for automating away an entire team of Spanish journalists, you know, replacing them with AI instead. Wow. So now it simply takes these articles written in English on the original Gizmodo site, translates them poorly into Spanish and posts them on Gizmodo Espanol, the Spanish website version, with no Spanish language editing, you know. And uh, even worse is the fact that because of the nature of the yearly contract signed with this team that was let off, which was comprised of, you know, about four full-time employees, one editor and three writers, who have all been working with GeoMedia for combined more than 25 years. Mm. This entire team not expected to receive adequate severance, you know. So it's just just a handshake and goodbye kind of thing. 
that's one of the reasons why it's making headlines. And, and worth mentioning, though, you know, Jim, the CEO of GeoMedia, he had previously mentioned on record that the company's AI experiments were intended to, you know, supplement human writing alone and not to, to replace it. But alas, here we are. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's going to have to be part of what we regulate, Newton. I mean, once again, I, I know that I've repeated this multiple times, but, you know, there uh, there's a political uh, candidate several years ago named Andrew Yang, and he and kind of was sounding the alarm uh, back in 2020. And it's kind of the reason why some Altman is doing what he's doing now for WorldCoin is we're going to have to really get involved with regulation because now these people are out of jobs, you know? So mm. the more, the more and more this happens, these people are going to get lined up into an unemployment line because there's not going to be, they're in one, they're, they're in a, you know, non-essential industry, you know? So if like journalists, for example, the more and more and more people start seeing, well, like, Oh, cause Mondo's doing it. Oh, well, you know, now, you know, the Wall Street Journal's doing it. Now everybody's doing it. So we just see so many journalists, like 80 plus percent of a workforce that's deemed non-essential, yeah. just, you know, automated away. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm just hopeful because, you know, this is stuff will get away from us quicker than we know. And as you and I both know, governments are reactive, not necessarily proactive. And when they're proactive, it's usually not to the benefit, rather to the detriment of uh, their denizens, so to speak. You know, so. It hasn't been easy on both sides, uh, to be honest. Uh, but yeah. yes, this is the, the replacement we all spoke about that's happening right before our eyes. Uh, and if these companies do not get to respond for their actions, many other companies, as you said, will follow suit and, you know, it's all going to happen right before our eyes and to be an acceptable thing. Well, it's also, Newton, uh, something, too, that I just realized as we're sitting here talking, um, you, have, you have countries like Russia and China and Japan that all have different alphabets. And I recall seeing a, a news article uh, this past week talking about how Japan is starting to build their own chat GPT, so to speak, you know, because, you know, typically, as you, we know, there's English bias right now with uh, the current public LLMs, such as, you know, large language models such as GPT, um, they excel in English, but often fall short in Japanese due to a difference in the alphabet system and limited data as well as other factors. So right now, for example, there's a concern that AI systems strain on data sets in other languages can't necessarily grasp the intricacies of Japanese language and culture. And that same sentiment is as well in, you know, Russia and China, you know, um, just because the sheer structure of the sentences are completely different. And therefore, you know, GPT must translate those, you know, Japanese, Russian or Chinese queries into English 
and then find the answer and translate the response back in to that language, you know, simply stated Newton, you know, English has just 26 letters, but Japanese, for example, has uh, two sets of 48 basic characters plus two 2,100 regularly used Chinese characters or kanji. And then most kanji have two or more pronunciations and a further 50,000 or so rarely used kanji exists. So given that complexity, it's not surprising that GPT can stumble with the language for sure. Yeah. So they're going to come up with their own Japan GPT, I'm guessing. Looks like they're uh, looking to use... um, what is it? The Japanese supercomputer uh, Fugaku, F-U-G-A-K-U. It's one of the world's fastest training it mainly on Japanese language input. And uh, that's kind of like what, what I think they're talking about is it's not so much the translation. It's more so the data sets it's uh, trained on. So to be curious to see kind of what a, uh, what comes to this because it looks like they're throwing a lot of uh, different data as well as money at it as well. I mean, so far, I think, you know, they're um, expected to accelerate the scientific research with it and have dumped about 30 billion um, yen. So about $200 million roughly. Well, Speaking about, you know, training these large language models with um, data sets, uh, I don't know if you heard of this, but, you know, OpenAI came under fire once again with copyright claims. So uh, another group of writers is suing OpenAI over some copyright claim. You know, barely two months ago, we had a similar lawsuit filed against them, right? Them and Meta by those group of writers, including, you know, the comedian Sarah Silverman. Well, this time around, um, this latest lawsuit from writers, including popular names like, you know, Michael Chabon and David Henry Huang, they claim OpenAI illegally used their works to train its chat GPT. And uh, this lawsuit is seeking some class action status. It calls out ChatGPT's ability to summarize and analyze the content written by the authors, stating this is only possible if OpenAI had trained its GPT large language models on their works. OpenAI hasn't responded to this as far as I know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's already kind of uh, been set as a precedent here in the U.S. Anything that's... uh AI generated can be copyrighted to begin with. So I think maybe these lawsuits will just ultimately be, you know, quashed. They'll be like, well, you're, if a human can go and look at it and read it and then are to like regurgitate it to somebody else in their own words, they don't have to necessarily cite it, you know? So are you going to copyright the whole internet kind of, kind of mentality in a very simple way? You know, like if I'm reading or if I read a book, right, a book is, you know, copywritten, right? But if I'm talking to a group of people and telling them, oh, hey, da 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 you know, the original person that wrote that book is not going to come after me for copyright infringement, you know? It'd be different if I wrote information saying that this is my, you know, knowledge and I'm 
trying to monetize on it. So I think there's a very thin line. So I don't, I don't foresee any of these, uh, these artists really being able to really get anywhere as it comes to copyright infringement lawsuits, um, with large language models, uh, because I mean, they're, they're making headway. Like for example, I saw this past week that, uh, deep mind, for example, came out with a new mm-hmm. paper. Uh, the researchers from DeepMind proposed a new way, optimization by prompting, um, O-P-R-O, a method that uses AI large language models as optimizers. So we're seeing that, you know, these large language models like ChatGPT, you know, they're used, they're being used to, to be trained on, on certain data sets and then the AI is having to kind of produce its own interpretation of that. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, everywhere you look, you've got AI doing something. We've got AI making drinks for us as well. Now, Coca-Cola just recently used artificial intelligence to create its latest drink. Um, Yeah. (laughs) A drink it, it, it claims to possess the taste of the future, you know, and it's calling it Y3000, which I'm assuming probably stands for the Yay 3000, but yeah, no one should quote me on this. Artificial intelligence was used to determine both the flavoring of this new drink, right, and the packaging as well. They performed some research, you know, prior to. Data was collected from people to better understand their preferences and how people generally imagined the future would taste like. Coca-Cola now fed that data into a proprietary AI model, which came up with the flavor. I think that's it's quite interesting. It's a drink that's, uh, that's not yet available worldwide, though. It's still a limited edition. The zero sugar offering is already available, but in select markets including Canada, China, Europe, the United States, and and I think uh, Africa as well. For the the original flavor with the the one with the sugar content that can be purchased um, in Canada and the States for now, I think. Yeah, I recall recall seeing it. I actually, uh, I didn't realize it was called Y3000, but I do, because I remember actually seeing a couple of people on my social media posting and saying, how horrible it tasted. <laughs> so it is not has not been well received. But it's interesting that Coca-Cola took a leap of faith in that regards for something. Um, because, for example, I saw that uh, there's a sequel to a movie that's in development right now called uh, Brightburn. And I don't know if you remember seeing this movie Brightburn, but it was supposed to, it's kind of like a dark twist on what were to happen if, you know, the, the whole Superman story, but instead of him, you know, kind of at a young age being good, if he kind of just, you know, became bad and, you know, decided to just rule the earth. But it seems that this one studio is saying that the script is going to be completely there and they're going to, they're going to produce it as a movie, but it's being fully, done by AI, the script. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious to see, especially these writer strikes that are going on to kind of see what's going to happen with more and more 
uh, studios using AI. You know, it looks like Netflix is is hiring, you know, uh, prompt engineers or, and so are like other major studios as well. So curious to see. Including the the actors for that movie or just the script alone? The it's, one for, it's, Superman. it's just it's just a script right now. Um, but I don't think I don't think we're that far off from studios. I think maybe if studios see that it actually does good. Maybe they'll actually start doing AI generated um, actors. AI generated Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah, that'll be super interesting. You know, they'll have like AI generated musical artists, AI generated everything. So it'll be it'll be curious to see kind of where all this pans out. It's just it's scary and exciting all at the same time, Newton. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Guess we only have to wait and watch all of this unfold. To our listeners, for those who are still tuned in and listening, thank you for hanging with us as we run through some of these updates in the AI landscape. Be sure to follow us on our social media channels and uh, send in your requests if you would like us to touch on some certain topics. Be sure to send them in and Elias and I will take them up and discuss them. Uh, definitely, Newton. Uh, for our listeners out there, thank you once again for tuning in make sure to follow us subscribe like share and uh, share your feedback and yeah until next week uh, just make sure that you're uh, staying on top of the news and being informed thank you thank you everyone have a wonderful day cheers Elias cheers AI Nexus 